Welcome to Talk Splode, a podcast about Rex Splode, our favorite character on Invincible. I'm Alex. I am Justin, coming at you live for Maul and the Mauler Brothers, where we break down all of the Maulers. <laughs> I'm Pete. And seriously, though, folks, this is Podvincible, a podcast about Invincible on Amazon Prime Video. We're going to be talking about the third episode of season one, Who You Callin' Ugly? So if you haven't yeah. watched this who episode are you already, ugly, yeah. by the way, who are you like, Who are you looking at right then? I was huh? actually looking at my notes. So if anything, oh. they are kind of gross. Okay. Yeah, you better watch yourself. Yeah. You better watch yourself. <laughs> if you haven't watched the episode, go watch the episode because we're going to get pretty much right into spoilers here. Not going to talk about all the specifics, but some of our favorite bits from the episode, comic book Easter eggs and other things like that. Now, the broad strokes here is that the Guardians of the Globe are dead and it starts off in their funeral. Omni-Man is there. This leads to auditions for the new Guardians of the Globe. Invincible is not on the team, but he is hanging out the entire time. He and Adam Eve team up to take down Doc Seismic, a new supervillain, actually a very old supervillain. And oh, by man. the end of the episode, he has struck up a romantic relationship with Amber. Uh, and Adam Eve has ended her relationship with Rex Mold, but everybody seems very cool about it. Also, lots of suspicion on Omni-Man this episode. And the big surprising twist here to me is surprising because again, this is something that doesn't happen until much later in the comic books yeah. is we find out that robot might not be the good guy. We thought he is though. There's certainly a lot of questions raised there. You know, robots, you gotta watch them. Yep. Mm-hmm. You ever have Don't. one of these Roombas? Oh man. I was betrayed by several Roombas. Yes, betrayed. They I'm vacuumed up your comic books. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly. Being I was going to eat that Cheeto Roomba, and you <laughs> sucked it up. You betrayed me. Get out of here. What sucks is when you Google something and then you get ads for it on YouTube, and you're like, "You guys were talking behind my back, and you ratted me out." You're, I mm-hmm. feel very betrayed. Mm-hmm. Little little robots going on there. A little robots text. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I don't. Uh, You're is freaking this, me out. What is this? Is this the algorithm speaking? The Maybe. Alex algorithm? I'm very punchy today. Speaking of punching, let's get into it and punch right down with the first part of the episode. Well, we should say, or lack of first part, there's been a running bit mm. that has been going on, and it's rule of threes in comedy, and it was two and done. Like, I was a little like, come on now. You're talking about the two guys, well, not two guys, uh, the White House guard bonding with his son. It's possible we might be done with that, but I do think we're going to get a roll of threes. It's just going to come back much later in the season, right? Well, here's what, yeah, here's what I I wanted them to be um, over at uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah. Huge missed opportunity. They should be in every episode. uh, The other guard starts off at Mount Rushmore. Like, I was a little disappointed we got no little slice of life bit to start. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, instead, we're going into something much more serious with the funeral of the Guardians of the Globe and Ani Man giving the speech. Justin, I interrupted you. What were you going to rile Pete up about? (laughs) How do you? You don't know what I'm going to do. This is actually something that I think Pete will enjoy. You must Uh have liked the Haley Joel Osment cameo from (laughs) the um, Guardians of the Globe tryouts. Yeah, of course. Who didn't know what you're talking about and think that was cool? Yeah, you know, the they pan over and there's the sort of beefy guy with the Haley Joel Osment, the modern facial hair. Am I the only one here? 
I, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> it I might not. have been. That's it's awesome. possible. How often, well, let me ask you this. How often in a day do you think about Haley Joel Osment? <laughs> not at all. It Pretty much like... constantly, except when I'm just finally giving myself a chance to chill out and watch episodes of Invincible. Yeah. So, my bad. Uh, unlike he, Haley Joel Osment sees dead people, right, I see right, Haley right. Joel Osment. Oh, That's because wow. you're dead. Because I'm dead. Wait, are we in an M. Night Shyamalan movie right now? Did we just get the final twist? That definitely explains how meandering and pointless our podcast is right now. Oh. Let's talk about this funeral Whoa. with Guardians of the That's Who are right. you calling ugly? <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan now. Oh, wow. I was doing. His servant's pretty good, but that's not really him. Wow. Funeral for Guardians of the Globe, Omni-Man giving a speech. What do you think about, uh, and this is something we've talked about quite a bit over the past two episodes, but this one is even more blatant that something is very off about Omni-Man and everybody is pretty much aware of it. What do you think about speeding up this particular plot line and hitting it so hard? I'm really worried about the length of this show. Like, why is everything fast-forwarding? Like, the comic wasn't that long. Like, if we do everything, we can't get more seasons out of this show. I'm a little like, we're hitting everything hard early. Well, I will say to that point, and this is the last time I'll plug the Kirkman interview just because I'm running out of episodes that I talked to him about, but he did say that he felt like the 144 issues is the rough outline, but there's plenty more story that they can tell in between. He doesn't necessarily have like a five season plan or anything like that, but it's certainly the sort of thing he feels even in this early going that could go on for a good long while. Yeah. And I, I think they are speeding it up, but they're also doing, doing a lot um you know they've uh, unlike the issues of invincible where there's like usually a fight and uh with some more maybe more villain of the week kind of a thing i feel like we're gonna get fewer of those and we're compressing all of this main storyline stuff down a little bit which i appreciate because i don't i won't say what it is but i think the end of this season is building toward a massive fight yeah um okay well and once we get past that there's a whole new age in the comic book to get into all right, well, uh, this is the last time I'll bring this up, but at my job, you get benefits, too, so that's nice. What are you talking about now? Oh, I thought we were just flexing about our jobs for a second. Isn't that what we were all taking turns <laughs> talking about how our jobs are cool and, like, certain What do you think are... Justin's job was in this scenario? In this, oh, yeah, I was just up. waiting for him. I wasn't listening to what he was saying because I was... Oh, you just wanted just... to come back and I had it. to have this bit that I really wanted to do, but Justin started talking first, so I had to wait. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's what the rule window. of comedy. doesn't matter how much time has passed. Tell the punchline. Yeah. Still, Yeah, the still number good. one rule of comedy is don't listen to the person, quote-unquote, <laughs> on stage with you and just say whatever you're thinking. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, Justin, what were you saying? Timing. (laughs) Timing. That's the number one rule of comedy. Timing. Really good. All great bits coming from us. Um, I I finished my point, um, and I think it was a good one. It was about the – it was actually answering your – Fucking question, Pete. So shut up. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna. You're gonna have to listen to this episode, which is like uh, something that is you don't like to do. Yeah, I did true. like the details in the Guardians of the Globe's funeral, which starts off the episode. That I'm trying uh, to here talk we about. are back at the beginning. <laughs> there we go. I'm just trying to bring it back because we haven't actually talked about it at all yet. Well, and what I really liked about this opening sequence, or the two part, there's the worldwide press. Uh, funeral and then the much more personal funeral and eulogy and I I think this sort of shows that Omni-Man is 
pretending on both fronts here. But uh, we do see sort of underneath the veneer a little bit more in the personal eulogy, despite the fact that he's still basically bullshitting. Yeah, and I know know we're – it's tough to talk about because I don't know how much we want to spoil about what is going on with Omni-Man. But particularly if you have read the comic books and you know what's going on with him, uh, to your point, Justin, there are a lot of double meanings in the things that he's saying. You can definitely parse them out. And they're not – evil things necessarily again skirting spoilers here but there's certainly things that are sad in terms of what is coming down the road yes, um, but I, I like those double funerals too I thought that was really good I like the relationship between Mark and Eve in this episode I like how that develops on not necessarily a straight line which I think is pretty cool you know that yeah, it feels like, like it could be and it's different in the comic too but it could be very easy to just pair them up romantically here and go from there. But there's different things that happen. Pete, what's your take on it? Well, I, I just think that like what I'm realizing with the show is like, they talked about how sick the casting is, but with each episode you're really getting like, I lost my mind where I realized Clancy Brown is the demon detective. Like, uh, in this episode, I was like, wait a second. I don't know what it was about this episode. Maybe it was talking more, but just like I totally like lost my mind on that. Pete, and, did uh, you see uh, the sneaky Halle Joel Osmond cameo? <laughs> <laughs> because that was nuts. <laughs> I didn't I didn't catch that. I, uh, oh, okay. uh, it was like, in the uh, Guardians of the Globes audition. Oh, uh, oh, oh okay. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> Uh, guys, when I die, I would like um, an, a huge international funeral and then also um, a more personal funeral. Obviously, I'd like to be mm-hmm. eulogized by my killer, which would be Pete. So feel <laughs> yeah. just plan if you could plan on that. I'd like both um, yeah. both it, two different speeches. It, do you want me to say anything to the uh, demon detective working the case? Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like you're going to, um, as opposed to Omni-Man, who's hiding his murder of the Guardians of the Globe, yeah. I feel like he'll be pretty public about it. Well, I'll um, be, yeah, I'll be pretty pumped up, so it'll be hard not to talk about it. That's what I say. It'll just yeah. be, uh, the demon detective will solve that crime very quickly. While we're talking about the demon detective, to jump all the way to the end of the episode, our post-credits Sequence here is him coming into the Grayson household, talking to Debbie. Omni-Man definitely is suspicious and does a whole, you know, cat eyes moving back and forth thing going on. Mm. But do you think Debbie is suspicious of Nolan at this point, or is she just rolling with it? Is she rolling with Nolan? (laughs) I think she is suspicious. Why else would she lie to him, to Nolan, about the demon detective? Because, you know... He starts to see his breath afterwards, so he knows that he's just been lied to. So we see a big crack. One one thing about this show is the first episode, like, their relationship is ironclad. Um, yeah. And then we start to learn a little bit more about it, how she, like, doesn't love, how she's stuck always waiting for him, um, little things like that. But she's also, like, wants to make sure he's able to go save the world and not worry about him. And then this is the first sort of big fissure between them that um, I just like the way they're arcing this out. Also, what's interesting is for most of the episode, because it seemed like towards the second part of the episode, they she got a little suspicious. And then this one starts off and everything seems back to normal. But then that after uh, kind of credit sequence really kind of puts that in a different perspective, which I like. Another thing that I really like in this episode is Omni-Man's lessons for Mark, which... 
again, we have suspicion on him. So I think anything that he's suggesting to Mark comes under suspicion as well. But he has these really hard truths for him about being a superhero that are probably accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so. And you're talking about when he left Amber to go save the world. Um, And he's like, good, you did the right thing. But then I I also think Invincible, uh, Nolan says, hey, don't go join this super team. And he's like, he sort of does. He goes and is there and like clearly wants to and feels like he's going to. So I do think you're starting to see uh, Invincible Mark know maybe what the right thing to do is. Well, and I appreciate you saying Invincible and Mark, just so we're clear about who you're talking about. But I think that I'm on first name basis with that dude. All right. All right. I'm not some some guy waiting to be rescued from a a big hole in the ground. All right, you don't have to big time me. I I, I, I hear what you're saying. Listen, Sorry, I think that at my job, I got to meet Mark personally and be really <laughs> close with him. Good, I'm sure you did. You work um, in Toonland, right? Yeah, he's the line <laughs> producer there. It's a, it's a great gig. So I think that it's one of those things where um, I I really think that. It was weird that the demon detective didn't at the funeral call say something like the way he left. I was so happy that kind of like really paid off later because I was I was thinking about the whole time. Like if you're going to accuse somebody, accuse somebody, don't show up at a funeral and especially like, you know, uh, it seemed like it's going to happen. You know, now. I think you're kind of skipping over this a little bit, Pete, as our rom-com expert here on the podcast. What are you feeling? Are you feeling Mark and Adam Eve or are you feeling Mark and Amber after this episode? Well, that is that is very tough because, you know, the the Eve part where she flew back to the window and then was like, good for you, Mark. Good for you. And just like kind of flew away. Oh, then I really started pulling for because at the beginning I was very much like Amber and Mark is great. Uh, I was, but then when Eve and Mark were kind of in the bubble together, the pink bubble, it felt like a little, little, little something was going on in there. And then like the way he left and she was like, okay, bye. It was like, ah, you know, so I feel like I'm now, I'm now switched over to Eve and Mark. Well, what about on the other end of the spectrum? What about Adam, Eve and Rexplode or Rexplode and Duplicate? I I mean, uh, you're you're. I, I don't this know. is a very easy answer when it comes to <laughs> romantic comedies. Uh, Rex Bowe should be by himself for a little bit, maybe figuring things some things out before he's uh, gets himself in another situation. Maybe. But you love Jason Manzukis, so I that's going to be hard for it's you. Hard that's why I was a deer in headlights when you asked me that. It was like a little too um, a little too hard to take. Mm. I do got to say, though, if I can jump to a uh, we were talking about earlier about favorite moments or like some things that was nice in the episode. Is that what we were doing earlier? (laughs) Yeah, you were like something that I liked from the episode. That was one of the first things that I said in the episode. And since then, we've talked about like two lad did a bunch of other shit that makes no sense. That's true. I'm I also to like. Back. Isn't that how we end the episode? We talk about something we liked. Honestly, oh, yeah. that's what we do on this show the whole time. <laughs> it's like if I was like, "Hey, I'd like to take a second and do a podcast about this episode of Invincible." What do you guys think? <laughs> Could I do that? No, I wouldn't sign on for that. You couldn't make me. Um, Go but- ahead, Pete. <laughs> the part where Mark was trying to get back to the room where Amber has been for an hour, and the dad is like talking. He's like, mm-hmm, "Yeah." 
Yeah, no, no, no. I hear what you're saying, Dad. Like, just really fun moment. And the fact that they, like, really sat in it and, like, he's, like, slowly trying to just edge out of frame. I, I really appreciated, like, the dad lecture and being like, I can't say anything because it'll make the lecture longer. So I'm just going to nod and, like, oh, it was just such a well-crafted uh, scene there. Um, the um, On the romantic comedy side of it, um, hit Mark sort of, uh, having feelings for both Amber and Adam Eve. I mean, this is uh, like he he's mirroring his parents' relationship with Amber, where he's like, oh, I want to have someone that I can come home to. I, like, he literally does that. He flies off, saves the world, comes back. Right. On the other side, it's he and Adam Eve. It's very much like we're partners going out, fighting this crime, the heat of the moment kind of thing, and then um, – continue on doing that. Like, and I feel like he also like wants that. So it is a tough call. Um, and it, it's hard to speculate since we know what they did in the comics, but they might not do that here on yeah. the show in the, in the same way, but it does feel like if he is going to be breaking off from Nolan in general and his, what his parents, his dad's advice is, I feel like he would go to be with Adam Eve. Potentially, I guess we'll see. Let's I, jump I agree. Over. Oh, go ahead, Pete. I was Pete. just going to say, I agree. That was the heat of the moment scene of this episode. Yeah. Hmm. That's the end of the podcast. We talk about the heat of the moment scene. So why don't you <laughs> yeah. save that opinion for then? <laughs> Sorry. The, let's, the Pete heat. Let's talk about the Guardians of the Globe auditions, because I thought these were super fun. I really enjoyed the sequence across the board, all the fights, all the matchups, the way that it plays out. Rexplode, very funny in these scenes, getting his ass kicked multiple times, particularly by Monster Girl, yeah. who's one of the best characters for the comics as well. Uh, yeah. What were your big takeaways here? What did you like? Uh, yeah, I thought this was fun. I mean, when they were like audition, when the audition montage was coming up, I was like, oh, great. And honestly, they did it in less time than I thought. I feel like they just moved through it. We got to see all of our, the characters we already know come in, some fun random heroes. I thought we were going to get more of a um, American Idol style, also ran a uh, bunch of chumps montage. But we got these good character moments. Um, there's one note I had here about a guy that looked like Haley Joel Osment. Oh, really? I, I don't know if you guys that means anything to you guys. Oh, I didn't think uh, that. Are you kidding me? How could you not see that? It then was we just get, so obvious. I also like the Guardians orient, orientation bit where they're like, all right, you guys are the team. This is great. And they're all like, we're actually bad at this part. Yeah. Very fun. Uh, very interested to see this team going forward. As I mentioned, um, uh, Monster Girl is a great character to watch going forward. Very fun. And just like the the weakness that she has is so interesting and creative. The fact that every time she powers up, she gets a little bit younger. Uh, it's just a neat thing. It's a neat twist. It's something that I feel like I haven't necessarily seen in superheroes before. Uh, and it's a fun way of executing it. Uh, also, there's a nice little moment for those of you who haven't read the comics. Pay attention to this one. Robot and Monster Girl bonding. That's something that kind of plays out going forward as well. And I like this first scene and how it worked out between the two characters. Um, what did you think about the fight with Doc Seismic and the fact that they just let him die? <laughs> well, yeah. he, they didn't let him die. He was trying to save him and he did the thing that pushed him away. So it was. He they was, seemed nonplussed, I guess, is uh, the better way of putting it. Yeah, they had no reaction afterwards, is what you're saying? Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
it does feel like the general morality in the world of Invincible is sort of like, eh, he died. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know what this is going to be. Across some... the board, I mean, you could almost say it's like a different universe from ours where the morality is just a little bit like, yeah, oh, everything's no, animated. People die all the time. Well. But I think it makes sense, though. Like, there are disasters every day on this planet. Like, people do die more often, I would think. So everyone's just a little more, like, relaxed about it <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> I also think we didn't actually see him die, so he may come back. Sure, that's true. Even though he did get a giant boulder falling on him, we know that but Justin never thinks that that's a thing that's, that you die mean, I've been crushed by many boulders, and look at me, dead no. on this podcast. What other moments would you guys like to call out from the episode? Anything else jump out to you, Pete? Justin? Um, I, I thought the Omni-Man... Uh, so non bothered by all the death that he caused and wanting to order pizza was kind of a hilarious in the wrong ways. Uh, like, Hey, why all the glum, glum faces, everybody? Uh, I really thought that was like, I said so much about the thing. What we don't know. I thought that was really great. Uh, we get a, uh, we got a nice that in that moment when he has the, he fights the Kaiju and he has the little bit of tentacle on his back. I yeah. thought that was mm-hmm. fun. Um, and then just the part that we haven't talked about yet that I liked um, are sort of like Cecil maybe being a little bit up to no good, mm-hmm. Robot being having his own agenda, um, the Mahler Brothers prison break scene yeah. um, and all that. That was fun that action was, bit. That's my and next to my point. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if uh, you never break out on Chicken Pot Pie Day, all right? I mean, if it's going to be Chicken Pot Pie Day, you wait. You wait it out. So I love that moment. Uh, there's nothing like a really good Chicken Pot Pie. You know what I mean? I will say that one Muller Twins expression when he's eating the Chicken Pot Pie yeah. in the cell, very oh. funny. I loved yeah. how that was animated. And he's just, mm, he's so delighted about it. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. It's yeah. a comfort food, Chicken Pot Pie. Oh, the yeah, Cecil thing sure. is interesting and I don't think this is a spoiler because it was in the trailer and I certainly have not watched ahead on the series or anything, but the the tentacle comes from this monster that seems to turn up later. So I do wonder if Cecil saying, hey, why don't you hold on to that monster that seemed to fight Omni-Man to a standstill? I don't know if that's shady morality so much as Cecil knows something is up with Omni-Man and wants yeah. to prepare himself just in case. Yeah. yeah, I think I agree with that. I think Cecil is he's always looking at the sort of bigger picture and is has contingencies on contingencies. He has his uh, Agent Coulson uh, looking dude um, sort of being yeah. his his Jake to his fat man. If you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? We um, all know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah, that super irrelevant uh, show that uh, everybody's um, always talking about. There's like one season of that show, and I want to say <laughs> the mid-90s. Um, <laughs> yes, Jake and the uh, Cool. Pete, any other moments you want to call out before we start to wrap up here? Uh, yeah, I just feel that like uh, the way the show, the episode ended, it was kind of this feeling of like, wait, is everyone evil on this show? So it was like a very kind of like interesting way to end it. I thought, um, I thought it was uh, it was different. I thought I liked the, the, how they kind of uh, did that. I agree. Very curious to see how the show is going to work out going forward. Before we wrap up here, what was the invincible moment of the episode, Justin? Ooh, I oh. mean, 
Oh, yeah. Do you have one, Pete? I do, I do. If you need okay, some time. Okay, great. Well, you just have to wait because Alex called on me first, so you wait. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. I was trying to help you, man. You wait a second. Because I'm doing mine. I'm doing mine. Um, I liked... Uh, uh, let me just say... No, I really liked... Uh, <laughs> the moment when a- um, Amber... Uh, is like, oh, this comic sounds cool, and he's gone, and she's been reading the comic. That's when you feel uh, like she's mad at him, but she also is into him, and um, the comic books are uh, what is helping to bring them together. Pete, yeah. what about you? What's your invincible moment of the episode? Oh, my God. Uh, Monster Girl. That introduction to Monster Girl was great. It's so just a fun amazing character i can't wait to see uh moving forward but man just like really really cool uh i loved how strong she was i'm gonna give it up for the chicken pot pie reaction i was saving that for my invincible moment but then it organically came up in discussion Uh similar to the organic chicken that i'm sure they were using in those pot pies (laughs) love that moment thought it was so well animated and so funny like i said before and that is it thank you Ooh, what were you Great. Say, Justin? I would just say I, I want to say Alex and I would normally just compliment you off mic but way to look for the organic moment to bring up the stuff that you want to talk about like you know you're really you're in the game you're playing out here you're not just sitting oh, back yeah. waiting for your spot you're really really podcasting you know <laughs> thanks man I really appreciate that if you'd like to support our podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7pm to crowdcast on YouTube come hang out we would love to chat with you about pot pies or invincible or really whatever you want to talk about iTunes uh, Android Spotify organic uh. <laughs> iTunes Android Spotify Stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more and we'll see you next time on Talks Blood. Kaboom! <laughs>